Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. Last week we talked on you were made to worship. In your notes, uh, worship is our response to what we value most. We first learned that we were made to worship. Lucifer was an angel, and, and he was over the worship portion of heaven. Basically, his job was to bring reverence to God. Then we see how that he got kicked out because he had pride. He kept putting himself and seeing himself above the Most High, which is God. And now there's this vacancy on the board of directors, and God chose you to fill that vacancy. It is now our job as believers to bring reverence to God. And then after we figured out how we were made to worship, we looked at why we were made to worship. We were made in the image of God. And when we were made from something, that means you take one element and out of that element, you make something else. We use the example of the potter and the clay. You take a lump of clay and out of the clay, the potter can make a pot. He made something. He made a pot out of clay. And then we saw how a tree takes a seed and you plant that in the ground and the tree only thrives when it's buried in the element of which it was created to thrive in. So the tree seed is planted, the dirt sustains the seed and to the dirt that tree will go and how we are made in the image of God. So we are made by God, we are sustained by God and to God our spirit man will return. Are we, all, are we caught up on what we talked about last week? That was the Cliff Notes version. And, and so I thought we were going to be done with that. And then Cindy, after service, came to me and said, hey, have you heard of this? And I said, no, I haven't heard of that. And it was really cool. So I did some research on it. And basically what she said was she had a friend who was a therapist. And she talked about that there's musical notes and tones that actually in hospitals bring health and bring healing to different bodies and different things of that nature. So I began to do some research on it. And I kind of geeked out a little bit. So just bear with me, Terrence, here. This is all according to Kennedy Research Science Center. So I, I got excited reading this. And so I kind of want to share some of it with you. Um, researchers have discovered that your brain does not have one special place to analyze music. A lot of things in our brain, whenever it, it, it hears something or does something, it's all performed in one region. But when it comes to music, music actually takes multiple regions of the brain to be analyzed what you're hearing. So whenever you laugh, that happens from one region. But whenever you hear music, it takes three or four regions in order to analyze exactly what you're hearing. So one region understands the tone of what you're listening to. One region understands the, the beat of what you're listening to. So one part of the brain discovers the rhythm. One part of the brain discovers the tone. And what I thought was kind of cool was the same region of your brain that deals with your emotions of sadness, 
of joy. That same exact location also analyzes music when it comes through. Kind of cool. So what happens is music creates emotions in you. This is why when you listen to music, the compellingness of it will move you to an action, will move you to tears, will because your brain is literally wired to take the emotion of what you're hearing and make a action come forth from it. According to Kennedy Science Research Institute, their wording, not mine, music is wired directly into our feelings. Have you ever been in one room of the house, the TV kicked on, your kids are watching it, and then all of a sudden in a commercial, you're not even in the room, but you hear, da-da, da-da. What, what is that? Jaws. You know exactly. The music has made an emotion in you that's triggered off an action for you to remember. Or let's say you're in the room and you hear something, which I can't make the sound, but you hear something and it sounds creepy. You know exactly that's a scary commercial. They're advertising because the music that you hear creates an emotion and the emotion creates a result and the result creates an action for you to respond to. So music will cause you to respond to one way or the other. There are certain songs that make you feel good. Um, maybe you go to the gym and you listen to this music and you get all hyped up and you get excited. There's a beats there. It, the music doesn't change anything for, for normality. It doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you weaker. But what happens is the music tone gets inside of you and it creates a feeling on the inside of you. And then you get the right beats and you get the right rhythm. And then you go and you can lift the car and just flip the car upside down because the music kind of got you pumped up and motivated. But, it, but the, the opposite works as well. If you start listening to the negative kind of music, it starts putting you in gloom. You've heard of a lady named Karen Carpenter, one of the most famous musicians, songwriters in the world. Listen to all of her songs. Depression, sad tones, committed suicide. The, the, the thing that she was listening to began to create a future for her. And we're going to talk about this. This is absolutely amazing. So um, the, the last thing that I want to look at is a case study that was done by a professional basketball team. Apparently this happens quite often. I, I didn't know this until I did the research. Before the game, the coach will have the team come into a room and they'll listen to hype music. It gets them pumped up, gets them motivated, gets them ready to go out there and win this game. They go play the game. If they win, they come back, they do 20 minutes of celebration, and then they take them back to another room, and they begin to listen to classical music. They want the brain to be trained to remember what the win was like, and classical music causes your brain to operate with efficiency. It's all scientific. So your brain does one more thing, and we're going we're gonna to be done with this, is it anticipates what's coming up. So for those of you who can clap on beat, your brain anticipates the rhythm of the music. And that's what gives you the ability to clap on beat or not on beat. Your brain develops this sense that it's saying, okay, the song is doing this, 
So now I know how the rhythm is. And then what happens if the song has a sudden stop or a sudden change, it confuses the brain and lets off a new endorphin of excitement. So that's how come when you're in a concert or something and the, everything's going and the music just stops, you're like, ooh, ooh, you felt it. You didn't feel it. You're, you had an emotion that was expressed due to the music that your brain analyzed. Now you understand what's going on here. According to MedJournal, my last statistic, this is where I wanted you to get to. Randy, you follow me on this one? He's like, I don't think it's your last one. You said that twice already. According to MedJournal, do the research yourself. Check it out. Absolutely amazing. Music influence does two major things in your brain. All music. One, music is optimizing, which it improves the brain efficiency. Number two, music is pathogenic. I had to look it up. I didn't know what that word meant. It means negative music can bring disease to your body. The very element of what God created with the boardroom of Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer... Lucifer was created to bring efficiency to the brain. When Lucifer fell, the opposite took place, and now disease comes to your body by the thing that was meant to glorify God. Remember we talked last week, Ozzy Osbourne, his 400%, when Suicide Solutions, that song came out, suicide went up 400% from the year before. It wasn't that people began to think, I want to kill myself now. It was the music that they listened to begin to create action and motion in their brain because they're wired for music to influence every fabric of your being. I'm not going to be your Holy Spirit. We talked about that last night. But I do want to say, what are you listening to? If music was created for you to bring reverence to God with, and the opposite of this music brings disease to your body, be careful what kind of music you're listening to. It is doing more in you than you want to give credit for it to. I told you, Adrienne, just this morning, I, this, this is my fault. Uh, she likes, I like going to bed. I shouldn't even admit this. Can we, we won't edit this part out. But, uh, going to bed with Hallmark movies on. That's why we, because you can do it without thinking. There, there's no, stop it, Terrence. There, there's, there's no thinking going on in Hallmark movies. You know the outcome. You know everything about it. So you can turn it on and just have noise in the background, and you're not sitting there like, what's going to happen next? You know what's going to happen next. So you can just kind of doze off. Well, our TV just kept going on all night long, and we didn't really pay attention. And just this morning, I was like, I've noticed I've been waking up, and I haven't been as like, ooh, let's go do, let's go do today. Let's go. There's commercials. There's things going on. Because we normally fast forward those things. There's things going on all night long. And it's triggering off my emotions as we sleep. So what did I say this morning? I said, cut that stuff off. We're going to put the timer on it. So at 120 minutes, because that typical movie is two hours. Said, All right, it's going to cut off and we'll be in bed. We don't have to listen to that stuff anymore. Because music influences everything on the inside of you. Are we good with that? So... You can either be mad at Cindy or you can thank Cindy because she's what brought this up today. And it got me thinking that if we were made to worship, music obviously plays a huge role in our emotions and how we live our lives. God must have made a way that's particular that he wants to be worshipped. Mm -hmm. There's a story in Luke chapter 19 that 
the people are praising Jesus. At this time, Jesus was massively popular, so popular that they decided to throw him a parade. And the parades back then weren't like how we throw beads and candy and stuff. Parades back then were palm branches. They would lay palm branches on the ground, and then when Jesus would go by, they would wave these palm branches. And this story is taking place the week before the crucifixion, Jesus rising on Palm Sunday. In your notes, let's take a look at this, and it says Luke chapter 19, verse 13. 37 through 40, when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully to praise God in their loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And this offended the religious leaders. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus responded back to them, I tell you, if you keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Amen. What this is saying is Jesus enjoyed this kind of praise. I don't know about you, but no one has ever wanted to throw me a parade before. We should maybe look into this, but I have not been that popular that everyone was like, hey, this throw a parade. Jesus looked at all that was going on and said, this pleases me. This brings joy to me. This brings honor to me. So I began to look at it and say, if, if this kind of praise brought so much satisfaction to Jesus, does... I'm going to step on toes. Does our praise look like that today? In the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, there is 150 chapters. It's the biggest book in the Old Testament. It's the biggest book in the Bible, I mean. And this book shows us basically how to worship God. It was written mainly by David, and the Psalms are expressions of what I like to call God-styled worship. And when you study the Psalms, you find out there was a lot of clapping, there was a lot of shouting, there was a lot of giving reverence, there was a lot of just, just getting loud for God. Basically, like what you'd see at a football game, that's basically what the book of Psalms is about God. So I kind of thought it would be fun to look at... What the Bible says the word praise means and what that looks like to God. So that's what we're going to do for the remainder of our time about how does praise look to God. Remember last week we talked about there are certain translations, certain interpretations of the Bible that um, we don't have the proper English words for so we talked about the punctuation mark meant in extended time. Uh, you di use different words. And, and even in Spanish, if you say the, the, the word love in Spanish, it means multiple things. It doesn't just mean love. Well, the same thing is true for the word praise. When you see the word praise, there's actually seven different words for the single word praise. So every time you see the word praise in the Bible, you have to ask yourself, which seven of the Hebrew words is it actually implying in this place? Because the seven different words of praise mean different things. Are you following me? Yes? 
Yeah, you following it? Okay, so last week we said this series kind of ended up being a little more teachy. I do, I want you to come the, the first week of February. We're going to start a relationship series. I was working on it this week. It's going to be good. I was rolling my head off in my living room the other night. So, sorry. This, this series is a little more teachy, a little bit more. Basically, this kind of, I didn't know it was going to turn into this, but it turned into more of, of, uh, of how we grow closer to God through worship. And so uh, we talked last week how we were made to worship. Today is how do we worship God's way. And so in order for us to worship God's way, we have to understand what that actually looks like. So we take the word praise and we say, okay, what does praise look like? This praise that brought you so much glory and so much honor when you were going down the road and all this people were praising you, what did you enjoy out of that? So let's pull out your notes, and we're going to, you guys are going to be Greek or Hebrew scholars at the end of the day. You ready? I paid a, actually my dad paid a lot of money for me to learn this stuff and to go to college and all that. But uh, we're going to look at the first word is the word Hallel, H-A-L-E-L. Hallel means to rave, to boast, to celebrate. In your notes, it looks, in reality, it means to clamorously foolish. This is also where we get the word hallelujah, hallel, hallelujah. Okay, this is saying that God is excited when we see him. So look in your notes, Psalms 35, 18. It says, I will thank you in front of the greatest symbole. I will praise you is what the Bible would say. But what it actually would say is I will, I will Hallel you before the people. I thank you in front of the great assembly, and I will be clamorously foolish before all of the people. Is that our worship service? The second word for the, the word praise is the word yada. Y-A-D-A-H, yada, and it means to acknowledge God in public with an extended hand. Why do we raise our hands in worship? We do it because God asks for it. So you look at Psalms 138 in your notes, I will, again, your Bible, my Bible says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. But the actual text says, I will yada you, or I will acknowledge God in public and with extended hand with all of my heart. The third word for the word praise is a Hebrew word called barak, B-A-R-A-K. This means to bless by kneeling or bowing. So the picture of this would be you would submit yourself to someone in reverence, saying, I belong to you. So in Psalms 103, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, Barak, his holy name. I will submit to you with kneeling, with bowing to your most holy name. Again, I ask, does this remind you of what your praise looks like. If not, why not? If not, now you know why not. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you and work on a plan to apply it, 
you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.